would like to thank our amazing sponsors, Touring Plans Travel. Their destination specialists work with you to plan and book your trip. Whether you're traveling to a theme park, headed out on a cruise, or wanting to get away anywhere in the world, as experts in smart travel, their agents suggest the best itineraries and activities to fit your family's needs and handle all the reservations on your behalf. There is no cost to you or your family when using Touring Plans Travel Services, and you may even save some money if discounts become available after booking. So head over to touringplans.com travel and tell them Rope Drop Radio sent you. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney. And Doug, it has been a while since we have not done a trip report, it feels like. Oh, right? It's... The trip report is is over for a little while, not long. For like two weeks, and then I go yeah. to Disney with my son. So we're taking a break, but not really a break break. We're actually going to dive into the DAS system at Disney this week. Yes, a very important topic. Lots of people need to know about, and uh, it's very helpful for those that need it. So we will get into that because we don't use it. We don't, we don't. fully understand it. So we, but we have a guest who does, but before we... Jump into her. We need to give a shout out to some new Patreons. Thank you, Jessica Leverage, Maggie Ray, Ashley Martin, and Jen Nielsen for upgrading. She's one of our early Patreon members. So thank you so she much. She might for, be the longest. She might I'm pretty Patreon sure she member. is, Jen. So and all the way yeah. up north in Canada. So uh yeah. thank you so much for your continued support and getting all the bonus shows, the after shows. When we do trip reports and we go a lot. We do special Patreon-only shows that uh, have some really great things. When you hear our inner Disney side, usually from the parks. It's fresh. Yes. It's very, it's not filtered. And uh, yeah, so different levels get different types of audio shows. And then the top levels get a monthly Zoom. Derek, you have to plan when the July Zoom is yet. Yes, I know. I know roughly what day it will do. It's right before I leave for the Star Cruiser again, I will be doing... A, a Zoom with our amazing uh, yeah. Patreons. And then I'll be doing August, and that's that's for the top tier. So, all right, moving on. So thank you, all the Patrons. Apple Podcast Reviews, leave a review. We will read it, a five-star review. Five-star. We will read it we on We did get air. a one-star yeah. review this week. We did. I'll we be We talked less about it on Patreon. Week, so uh, if you want to see that one-star, go check it out, and then leave a five-star to offset it. Facebook group had a oh, nice great. chat about Thank that. Thank you, yeah. Patreons. Uh, made Derek feel better. Anyway, um, leave a five-star review. We will read it on air eventually. We're all the way back in February. This is our final one from February, Derek. We're getting almost caught up. All right. Genuine and useful podcast by David Smith 615 I believe he is a patron. I think I think that's the I mean is it David Same Smith? David there Smith. Could be I mean, others. That, that is a little bit odds. of a common name, I'm gonna be honest. But I'm hoping I'm hoping that's it. Okay, anyway, he'll he'll let us know. This podcast provides a real look at the Disney parks, the highs and the lows. They give easy to follow tips and advice based on experience. They are inclusive to the first time park goers as well as the annual pass holder. Derek and Doug seem to have a lot of fun when recording these podcasts, which in my opinion gives them the edge over the other Disney podcasts available. So that's a great review. I think nothing says fun like Derek and Doug. Right. I mean, well, yes, correct. Facts. We are all about having fun. fun. Yeah. And um, we do talk about the highs and the lows 
And I think today is one of those episodes about giving good tips and advice based on experience. So segue, Derek. There you go. Absolutely. Someone with experience. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about the DAS system. And because neither of us have ever used it, we have to have someone on that has and knows uh, how to take advantage of it. So today we welcome a destination specialist with touring plans, Jill. Thank you for being on Rope Drop Radio. Oh, thanks you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you so much for joining us, but let's start with you giving the Rope Droppers a little bit of your Disney background. So I've been in this business for going on seven years now, and uh, I think it all kind of started with, you know, the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights when I was a kid. We didn't have a lot of money growing up, but uh, as a Midwesterner, you know, when we did finally get to Disney, I think I was about nine, maybe, we drove, right? So all the way from Kansas, to Florida because that's what you do as a Midwesterner. And that was when there were only two parks, you know, it was just Epcot and Magic Kingdom. And it was, I fell in love with it. When my kids were a little bit older because they both have sensory issues, I uh, took my daughter first to the parks when she was about seven or eight, I believe. And we fell in love all over again. Like it was, it was wonderful. We had a great time. And uh, my career just kind of built out of that love for Disney and the pleasure that you get being with your family and not having all the stress that comes with the family. You know, you don't have to plan your meals. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to be a responsible parent. You can go and have fun with your kids. And that's just such invaluable time. To just enjoy that time with the yes, family. Have fun with the kids. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, so often, you know, we're trying to get them to do their homework or we're driving them to to sports. And, and it's just you don't really get to enjoy your kids for who they are. But when you're on vacation with your children, you, you get to almost meet them on this new level um, as, you know, as people instead of just your kids. And it's just so much fun. That's one of the reasons why I love this job is I, I really enjoy helping families make the most of their um, really precious vacation time. Um, don't leave those days on the table. You know, you take every vacation day your employer will give you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kids grow up quickly. I mean, Doug, yours is going into ah, their senior year, and it yeah. just it, take those trips. Talk about spending time with your kids. I went driving with Alden tonight, and that's not much fun. Riding test track where it's a similar experience, much more fun. Oh, I like that. It's good. I don't know how to transition that into what we're talking about today, but that is good advice <laughs> just, right there. Just read the next line. There it Eric. is. There you go. Uh, so let's talk about DAS. Jill, why don't you first explain what DAS is? So Disney says that DAS is, it's called the Disability Access Service, and it's for guests who have difficulty tolerating extended waits in a conventional queue environment due to a disability. So that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, I'm not going to talk tonight about what kind of things are covered under DAS and what aren't because it's a really an individual experience. Um, but I will say that the DAS is meant and was designed around kind of the autism community originally. Now it means lots more, but but originally they were trying to meet that community's needs. And so the DAS has changed a lot throughout the years. We'll talk a little bit about that later, but right now it's not a skip the queue kind of thing. 
it's a way to make waiting more tolerable. So instead of waiting in the line with everybody else and watching your kids slowly get overwhelmed and melt down, <laughs> which has happened to us a few times, <laughs> you can go wait in the shade or you can go get a soda or you can do something else that entertains your child so that that long wait is not intolerable. And I say child because my children use it, but it also is for adults. Um, and if you are an adult who has an issue like this, please don't think that it's only for kids because it's not. It's it's for everybody. So as far as who can and can't get the DAS, it's it's for all ages, right? And then lots of different types of people then? So that it's really open-ended the way they describe it. It is not meant for people who have physical disabilities that can be met with other ways. So if you have arthritis or if you use a mobility device, the DAS is not for you because your needs can be met elsewhere. Um, I work mm -hmm. with a lot of clients who use scooters in the parks because they are so big. So even if they don't use scooters or mobility devices um, in day-to-day -day life, then they might use them in the parks. Because, I mean, what is yeah. the average that people walk in the parks? Like 10? Oh, it's crazy. It's yeah. insane. It's insane. This is why I tell people, too, with little kids who don't use strollers at home, you want to use a stroller yep. at Disney. Yep. <laughs> Those Reach little, it. Like, get tired. Yep. So um, if your need can be met in another way, like with a mobility device, um, something like that, then the DAS is not for you. Um, I can really only speak to my experience using the DAS for my kids. Um, they have sensory processing disorder. So we use it that way. And let me see if I can explain it without being too explicit about my, my daughter. So my daughter's 14 and I asked her if I could talk about her on the podcast and she said, yes. Okay. So um, when we first started using the DAS, she was, we didn't use it the first year or two we went. And every single time we would get through the line get through the ride and have a giant meltdown in the gift shop, like clockwork. And I, you know, at some point after our second trip, I thought, you know, this is getting ridiculous. And she's stressed out and I'm stressed out and we're just not getting the kind of experience in the parks that we should. Um, I thought the DAS isn't for us. You know, we don't need it. It's going to be fine. But the DAS is meant for people like us. Um, and it's completely changed how we do the parks. It's been great. So um, speaking to my experience like that, um, using the DAS for those kind of issues. Um, there are some physical disabilities that the DAS also works for. And again, you just would need to um, talk to a CM about that to see if you qualified. I I can't can't speak to yeah. Yeah. They cover lots of different things. They don't ask you yeah. very specific questions because HIPAA, that sort of stuff comes into play at a certain point. But like um, when Claire was having all her hip pain, you know, and we had people on Twitter telling us, oh, go get a DAS pass. Like, no, that's not like we went and rented a wheelchair and then uh, certain rides you just go through the regular crew while she's sitting in the wheelchair hip doesn't hurt while she sits it's you know or they have the wheelchair entrance which you wait the same amount of time spoiler alert for the people that think renting a wheelchair is going to be a lightning lane it's it's not i think a lot of times it actually takes a little longer but uh it's just the way the world works so like that's that would be like you know 
not a reason. Like you keep mentioning the the physical sort of thing, right? Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. So if your need can be met by a wheelchair, then you wouldn't wouldn't qualify for DAS. If um, you have meltdowns in the gift shop because your, you know, your child just can't handle the sensory input of the line and the ride and the gift shop afterwards, then um, then that might be something you qualify for. They're never going to ask you what your disability is. They're going to ask you, why can't you wait in this traditional line? So when you are getting the DAS, that's what you need to be thinking about answering. Why is waiting in line difficult for you or your child or your companion that you're traveling with? So how do you get a DAS pass? Okay, so this is the fun part. <laughs> I know you two- can do it earlier now than you used to be able to. You can. You can do it 30 days in advance, and you can do that at Disneyland and Disney World. Um, the timing is a little different. Disney World opens up at 7 a.m. Uh, and Disneyland at 9 a.m. Pacific. And thank goodness for all us West Coasters that finally something is on West Coast time. Because <laughs> <laughs> 7 a.m. Eastern is early, very early. So you um, log in. Um, there's a link on the disney.go page um, and you can do it that way. So you can do it online. The first time I tried that was right after they started this program and it took me two days and 14 hours to get our DAS. Oh. Yeah, I can I can be a bit of a dog with a bone. I was taking one for the team. I wanted to see how it worked. Um, <clears throat> and once you got through, it's really seamless. Um, I think it's down generally now to two or three hour wait time. The only problem that I can see with this is the person who needs the DAS needs to be there with you. So if you have a child who's in school all day, it can be really difficult to do this online ahead of time. Mm. If you don't call in early in the morning when they open, you could end up easily with a three-hour wait. Uh, And if you miss the window when it pops open on your computer, you're just sort of out of luck and have to start over. So that can be a little frustrating. The good news is, is that you can still walk into guest services in every single Disney park and you can be in and out in probably 15 minutes. And you can do that the first day you're in the park. So you have two different options. Uh, The benefit of doing it ahead of time is that they give you two pre-scheduled rides for that day. I honestly have not found that all that useful because we kind of like to fly by the seat of our pants when we're in the parks. Um, And this makes you kind of plan out your day. You don't get a lot of control about what time those rides are booked, but you can say like, I'd like to do, I don't know, pick a ride, Haunted Mansion uh, in the afternoon. And they'd say, okay, I have a 4.30 available for Haunted Mansion. And so that's what you get. And you get two of those. Um, Those work like um, fast passes that you used to get in the olden days. And after an hour. So if your ride is at 3.30, you have from 3.30 to 4.30 to use it, and then those drop off. Um, the DAS in the park works a little bit differently. But those pre-scheduled rides, um, you know, it's it's definitely a bonus. It's a nice thing that Disney does for DAS clients, but it's not a make or break for your trip by any means. So like if the whole waiting online doesn't work for you, then it's not a thing you need to stress out about. You can definitely do it in the parks and it's super easy. Okay, good to know. I like the two different options. That's really, really a nice thing. But how do you use the DAS? Like in the park, how do you get the different return times? How does, walk us through that process. 
So it's really easy. Uh, it used to be that you had to go up to each ride, you had to get a return time, you had to talk to someone, or you had to go to um, one of the blue umbrellas um, and, and get a return time. But now it's all done via the app. So when you get into the park, let's say that you had your pre-scheduled rides, you'd done everything online ahead of time. So you'd already have your DAS set up. Um, when you get into the park, it'll auto-populate on the app in the lower left-hand corner. And it'll just say DAS down in the, you know, the screen that has all the squares on it for all yes. the options. So it's at the bottom, usually on the left-hand side. You click on that and it it opens up and it gives you choices and, and you can say, it gives you the wait times for each ride. So you can decide, you know, um, do I want to wait an hour and a half for this ride or would I rather do this one, you know, 20 minutes from now? Um, the DAS return times, like I said before, are not a skip the line kind of thing. It's a wait your turn somewhere else that is not in line. So um, if there's a 120 minute return time for your ride, then, um, or wait time, then your return time will be roughly the same. So it's pretty easy. Is this something you find the app works and works well? I know we have some Disney app technology issues. Well, no, no I, we, we only have a checkboard going somewhere when the app breaks down. <laughs> right. Yeah. So generally it works fine. When it doesn't work, you can always go to the umbrellas um, and get those return times the old fashioned way. Um We've only had, we had an issue at Disneyland where the app just simply wouldn't populate the DAS button on our phones. Uh, and they told us that, <laughs> this is my favorite part, my phone wasn't new enough. And I said, oh, I got my phone two weeks ago. It was a brand new oh, Google Disney. Like, it's brand new. It's great. Yep. Never their problem. Nope, not at all. It's always your problem. Yeah, well, it, it was, yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a hiccup. But for the most part, it works really well. I've, I've heard been, that it works well. It's much, much better than having to send a runner halfway across the park yeah. to go to Space Mountain return time. Um, and it's way better than taking your kiddo who is all set to ride, you know, I don't know, Space Mountain and taking them up to the front of the queue only to tell them, like, I'm just getting a return time. We're going to come back. Yeah. And mm, I could see that. that. Is a huge source of meltdown. That used to be the way you had to do it. So this is a huge step in the right direction. Well, that's good. Yeah, good taking hear. the kid to the attraction and then not doing the attraction. attraction. That's abusive. That's, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. It's just, that's hard. It was not necessarily an issue we had because that's not where my daughter's hangups are. But, um, and I, I say hangups in the gentlest, kindest way. Definitely not trying to like come down on anyone's child or adult who has trouble with this because it is just tough. But yeah, it was it was rough, and they I think they got a lot of negativity pointed at them because of that. Because I mean, it, you get this kid, and this pass is supposed to make things easier, right? And it's literally making things harder. Um, how many? But I get many? I get about five to seven thousand less steps in the park now that I can do the DAS online. <laughs> That's a lot less Dole Whip you can eat then. Yeah. Well, you know, there's that. There's you can that. look at it. Doesn't really stop me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, as long as that doesn't stop you. How, we all how, know that calories don't count. In the they, not at Disney. They no. Not at Never. all. 
So how many people can use the DAS? Is it just like a parent and a child or like can the whole gang go in? How does that work? It's generally your family group. So you all have to be linked on MDE um, and it's supposed to be five. So the DAS holder and four other people. Um, I say this, but maybe I shouldn't. I know sometimes those numbers can be a little bit flexible if you're traveling with a slightly larger group. Um, if you have two people who have a DAS and you have a large group going together, um, I would suggest going in and talking to someone in person about that because they can help you make those links and help those two passes work together. They do some kind of Disney magic and, uh, and it works better that way. Um, so generally speaking, yes, that is the way it's supposed to work. But with all things Disney, there's generally a little bit of wiggle room. That's good. So grandma doesn't have to get left out every time. Right. Yeah. Because that's, and the other thing too, is when you're dealing with kids who have sensory issues, at least with mine, one of the big triggers is not being together. So oh, makes sense. like when we're flying, we get, um, we load first with Southwest. Uh, and we do that because my daughter panics from the moment we step away from her father until the moment he comes back on the plane. So it's really important to her that everybody stays together. She's She's got a lot of like herding dog instincts in her. Like the German shepherd is strong with my daughter. She's like, mm. we're going to stay together. It's important. We all go on this ride or no one goes on this ride. End of story. <laughs> Yeah, she's uh, she offers me a little bit of grace with the rides that do the spinny thing because I can't do the spinny mm. thing anymore. But dad can, which is great. That's good. That's good. You're not Doug just like, can't. you go, have fun. No. Right, yeah. Go. Like, I'm good on the teacups over here sitting on the wall. I'll take some photos. How's yep. that? When taking the photos makes you slightly nauseous, that's a sign you special i can't right? even watch my son play video games i'm like oh my god turn it off i'm gonna throw up i mean oh, it's some of those are rough this is turning into an adulthood podcast so uh bringing <laughs> it back how does this work with uh touring plans in genie plus well let's start with genie plus genie plus of course is the paid service right that's never changing is always going to stay exactly how it is at the current moment sarcasm Absolutely. It never changes anything. I mean, nothing at all. Um, I tell you, though, it does keep me employed. So they work okay together. I don't necessarily feel like you have to have both. Um, if you are at Magic Kingdom or Disneyland, um, I guess Hollywood Studios as well, having both of them can definitely save you some time. But you're going to have somebody who's in their phone on the app all day. Like, you are not going to get out of that app because you're going to try to make those two work together. And you can. Like, you can book your um, next Genie Plus and you can work your DAS around that. You can you can piggyback them. We've done it. But um, I personally find it exhausting. I have clients who do it and they do it well. Uh, and more power to them. But I'm generally the person who is doing all of the on-app reservations and all of that. So I'm sort of managing the trip. Uh, if you have a second person with you who's also willing to do some of that, I think that that might be easier. But as so one, you can feel like you're on vacation as well? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? 
Disney, 7 a.m., making lightning lanes vacation. What? <laughs> what? Never. Buy it at midnight. Wake up early. Yeah. We got to so, define um, vacation I, in that point there. Oh, well, Disney vacation is not like... It's a trip. A vacation. Yep. We all know that. Experience. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Totally. So um, it works really well with touring plans, I think. Um, touring plans has... I think it works better using touring plans as sort of uh, preloading the lesson, as you will. I'm a ex-teacher, so here's some teacher words. Um, if you kind of preload with that, so you you get in there and you understand uh, like what the rides are and how they function and where they are in the park, um, all those things touring plans is really great with. Um, but I do think once you get in the park, it's better to just kind of double down on your DAS and not worry so much about the touring plans app because the, I mean, you can definitely use it for like wait times and that sort of thing, but it's not absolutely necessary. Like it would be if you were just, if you're not using genie plus or you were not using, um, the DAS. Hmm. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. It kind of all mixes together in like, I mean, doing genie plus and DAS sounds like a full-time job and, uh, you can almost do too many attractions for your travel party at that point then, right? You know, there's some truth to that. Um, I think, I mean, when I was doing it, we had really limited time. We only had a couple of park days. We had a list of things we wanted to do. You know, coming from the West Coast, we don't get to Disney World several times a year. You know, I'm there once or twice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had things that we really, really wanted to do. And I wanted to see how they work together. But after doing it, I think you can I think you can have just a successful day by just using the DAS. Um, and I think that overall that it feels less stressful. Like you're not in your phone. You get to hang out with your kids. You know, like I said before, the whole mm -hmm. reason that you're there is to be with your family, you know, is to have that great time with your kids. And it's real hard to do that if you're constantly like, well, I could save 10 minutes here. We could go here and save 15. And it's it's, it's not, I mean, you can do that if that's how you want to experience the park. But for me, at least at this point where we're at, it's just not the way I enjoy doing things. Makes sense. All right. And actually, I got to applaud Disney. I mean, with the DAS, they do a really great job. Food allergies, they do a really great job. So if you're thinking about uh, taking a Disney vacation, they really go above and beyond to accommodate every single person, no matter what is going on. And, and yeah, Disney does a great job so that you can enjoy more time with your family and friends. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. And I, I feel really comfortable sending my families with disabilities and neurodiversity and food allergies, which is my family as well, um, to Disney because I know they will be taken care of. Um, and those are you know, I specialize in that kind of travel um, and not just to Disney, you know, I do universal and all inclusives and, and all of that. But uh, I really think for ease of experience, Disney just tops them all like hands down. Yeah. Hands down. That's good. Cause this is a Disney podcast. Yeah. That would have been really <laughs> yeah, awkward, awkward if, if like, they didn't. Yeah. Six flags. Well, is... I mean, what if I came out and said the park down the street does a better job? Oof. Oh. Uh, down I the street, so like Animal Kingdom. Are we going west? I the the park that we shall not name. All right. Oh, 
That other park, the one that begins with a U. We can name it. I mean, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. that. Yeah, yeah, I can say it. Universal on yeah. this podcast. You yeah, can. We, can. We we talk about it once a year. Once a year, yeah. we do a show just about Universal. A year. You know, I love Universal, uh, and I think they do a great job as well. But there are some things that Disney just does better, and this is one of them. Right. That's, That's good the to perfect know. way that, to end that part. That is Nailed a really good. Rates. Yeah, it, knowing that the DAS system is better at Disney helps families make that decision as to whether they should devote time to Universal or not. I think also Universal's rides is probably not as comforting or as like you have a lot of screens and a lot of big coasters, a lot of sensory there. It is. You know, it's a really different experience at Universal. And, um, you know, you find that sometimes we'll say like people age out of Disney. But here I am pushing 50. I'm not aging out of Disney. Neither are we. Uh, No. But uh, we do enjoy Universal. I mean, we do love the roller coasters and stuff. But um, if you've got younger kids, sometimes the offerings are a little bit limited. Or shorter kids. Short or well, yeah, that really is. Uh, oh, I'm well aware. Yeah, Derek can't get on all the rides. No, I can't. I'm short. I'm shorter than Doug, which is crazy. He he can get on everyone, everything. I was joking, everyone. It's close, but we're both close. He has to put tissue in his shoes sometimes. Yeah, anyone's ever done that. Only for Velocicoaster coaster. That's the only one to be able to get on, which is an amazing. <laughs> Roller coaster. Anyway, anyway I think is it, time? it is time for the lightning, the lightning round. round. Congratulations, Julia. You have made it to the lightning round. This is where you answer with things that are related to Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. However, you need to fit it under the Disney umbrella for your favorite of what we ask. There are points. It is scored, but it's entirely made up, so they don't matter. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. All right. Here we go. Favorite Disney movie. Oh, I think it's a tie. Uh, I, I'm old school. I love Robin Hood, but The Emperor's New Groove is... I, I really love The Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> there a is a tie one. that yep. no one could have no, predicted. Nope. No. That's never been said That's, on the show. Congrats. I, I think we've heard both individually, but... Never together. I don't know. Probably negative points on that one. Anyway, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Jeez. It's, <laughs> it's a rough crowd, I know. Um Ooh. All right, favorite Disney character? Oh, there's so many of them, but right now I really love Rocket Raccoon. That's a fantastic one. I take it you've seen Volume 3. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I just enjoy how he learns how he's a raccoon. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And and by the way, I love Emperor's New Groove, so I'm just joking. (laughs) David Spade. Well, if you didn't love Emperor's New Groove, then we, you know, might need to talk Mm -hmm. to wife a little you don't bit. like yep. humor if you don't like emperor's new groove it's really funny all right favorite disney villain oh yzma hands down mm, okay makes all sense right. yep um favorite disney song the bare necessities oh oh classic. yeah it's a good one all right favorite disney park disneyland disneyland is the the classic park it is such a special place you know to it i know this sounds so cliche but to go and walk in walt's footsteps to see the things that he designed the creativity and i it just it blows me away every time 
Yep, very cliche. Yep, you got it, though. Yep, Yep. you hit the nail on the head with that prediction. All right. Favorite classic attraction you define classic? Oh, I get to define classic? Yes, yes, you do. Uh, Well, I I would say, well, I, okay. So, you know, I love anything mid-century modern, and I, I love the original Disney um, rides and and stuff even if they are a little cheesy they're my favorites so carousel of progress and the people mover are hands down two of my favorites i could i could get an iced coffee and ride people mover all afternoon are we sure those are classics no, i'm joking see now i have heard your other podcast and i am sure that these are classics. those are classics we we have some stuff that i'm like well that's that makes me feel really oh, old when my when kids came on the show yeah they did not understand classic at all or like college age people like, yeah, I guess that is older than you. Okay. Moving on. Yes. Those are yep. great choices. People move, people move all day and carousel of progress. My two favorite. All right. Well, not my favorites, but they're about there. They're, they're not the jungle. On, they're they're close. Yeah. They're, they're my favorite in Tomorrowland. Okay. Well, I guess that's fair. I mean, yeah. they're <laughs> all right. From uh, Tomorrowland. Favorite modern attraction you define modern. Mm, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy at California Adventure. I, I think it's the music. It's just so much fun. Oh, Doug, what did you think of that ride? My wife wouldn't let me go on it. Okay. Next question. What? Why? She didn't want to deal with me while I was sick. Oh yeah. yeah. My husband hates that ride too. He's yeah. I look over at him. He does the drop rides and I look over at him and he looks like he's just <sighs> That's out for me, man. It's true love. Yeah. All right. Favorite Disney resort? Oh, I'm such a West Coast girl, man. The Grand Californian. If oh. I could figure out a way to live in that hotel, you know, like like an old school Hollywood movie star, I, I, I'm in. Like, it is such a beautiful place. I do love that resort. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's The food is great. It's it's just gorgeous. Everything about it is wonderful. I love the access to the parks. Oh, yeah. isn't that like, great? They they got it. You know, they the rumors were about the resort in front of Epcot, right? That was going to have its own entry. Like, like mm-hmm. at, what's wrong with Animal Kingdom? Come on, like, come on, Disney World. Let's figure, figure this it out. out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's really special, it and is. being able to walk right into California Adventure, it's it's phenomenal and mm-hmm. and you know if you've got kids who want to spend a little time at the pool like, it doesn't get any better than that it's just so easy correct all right favorite counter service restaurant uh kachina cucamonga it's the it's the biera tacos mm-hmm. have you had those sure they're amazing where where are those located that's um that's over in uh california adventure yep. The pier, in the pier area that's being remodeled right now. Okay, yep. got it. it. What is yep. San Fran Tokyo? Is what it will be yeah. called any day now, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna head out um, to Disneyland in the end of August, and so I'm hoping all of that stuff is open and ready to go. But it, I'm really looking forward to that. When we were there in May, the food was all open, but like the remodeling wasn't done. That makes yeah, sense. it's my understanding that um, it's kind of opening on a scaled basis. So some things are open, some things aren't. So hopefully by the end of August, though, it'll all be open. I I I love that little food court area 
because you can go get several different things there in California Venture. California Venture, they got some things I really like there. Anyway, moving on. This was supposed to be lightning. I'm talking way too much, Derek. (laughs) All right. Table service. Favorite table service. You know, I really love Garden Grill. Yay! Um, (laughs) I I really am a big chipmunk fan, and uh, living with the land is is Mm -hmm. one of my top favorite experiences at Epcot. So... That's a fun one. And it's so relaxed and laid back. Yeah. And you spin. It's yeah. fun. All right. <laughs> Favorite Disney snack. Oh, my God. The GF Turos at Animal Kingdom at Nomad Lounge. Mm. Did your wife get those this trip? She has not yet had those. Oh. I have had them. Yeah. I think they're better than regular churros. I agree. They are what dreams are made of. They are so amazing. There was a gluten-free churro on the fantasy that was felt like the same thing. I can't remember if it was. Really? I don't remember where we had it. There was something they gave her somewhere. See, I'm only about get it. a little over a year after diagnosis, so I'm still learning new things, like yeah, things that places I traveled before. It's like you have to learn how to do it all over again. So yeah, it's like starting I'm from not scratch. It's a fantasy how to GF churro. What's annoying about the cruise ships, though, is like they'll do the churro Mickey waffles, but they won't tell you when and they won't do it every day. And it's like some of the food, they keep a mystery. And so that I, I mean, <laughs> totally. They yeah, I never do the you never know what you're going to find like, maybe gone forever. You ask the next time and they're like, nope, never done that before. I'm like, I am looking at a picture of it on a blog like, nope, <laughs> never happened last week. Yeah, so the, the cruise line can be frustrating that that way. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I agree. But, no, those Animal Kingdom ones are Derek. We've had them. Together. We have. Yep. They're amazing. They're no so amount. I we yeah. didn't. Perfect amount of cinnamon and sugar on this. Oh, we got to talk about something else because I'm I'm just all right. Book in Nomad Favorite Lounge. Favorite Disney drink, which could also be at Nomad Lounge. Oh, oh, this one doesn't happen to be, but I do I do have enjoyed drinks at Nomad Lounge before. It's the rosé frozen slush from uh, the France Pavilion. Yep. You know that, yeah. that little um, mm-hmm. like, drink kiosk thing. That, that has been mentioned yeah. quite yeah. a few times on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that is so good. It's ridiculously good. And then um, I get to try not to fall asleep in Epcot when it's 90 degrees out and I've had an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> I'm but it's totally cold like, and refreshing and it's nice. hot out. Yeah. Yeah. And make the perfect nap. <laughs> All right. A Disney travel bucket list item. Mm, I got I got a whole bunch of these. Um, but, but we'll keep it West coast. I still have not gotten to visit Walt's apartment above the fire station at Disneyland. And I would really love to do that. So it's on the list. One of these days. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Derek. Yeah. Well, that, that concludes, concludes the, lighting the lightning round. round. Well, thank you, Jill, so much for being on this week's episode. Why don't you take a minute and let people know how they can get a hold of you and tell us a little bit more about touring plants and how you can help them book an amazing vacation. Well, thank you so much for having me. You can email me at Jill at touring plans. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. I have a travel group called twice exceptional travel on Facebook. You're welcome to come over there and get some tips on how to travel or, um, 
with disabilities or neurodiversity, food allergies, that kind of thing. Um, I'm still building that group, so, you know, a little patience probably. Um, and I also have twice exceptional travel um, online, so you can look me up online. Um, I book all kinds of trips all over the world. I do cruises and um, theme parks. I do all-inclusives. I've got clients heading to Hawaii real quick, real soon, and that has been a real pleasure to plan. I love doing Hawaii. So I can help you with travel just about anywhere. Um, I do specialize in families with neurodiversity, disabilities, and food allergies, but I book travel for everybody. So thanks again, you guys, for having me on. It was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And then real quick, tell us why the destination specialists at Touring Plans are so great at their job. Because we work as a team. I have never worked with travel agents like this before. And every single one of us goes above and beyond to make sure that we're all supported. So you can book with any of us and you'll know absolutely that you are going to have the best support possible and the most knowledgeable agents because we work together. Yeah, well sums up perfectly. I got a cruise booked and a couple of days at Pop coming up. All thank you to Touring Plants and the amazing destination specialist there. So if you want to book a trip, you're going to have to go to our show notes and click the link, and that will link you to one of the amazing destination specialists, hopefully Jill, and she can help you with having that uh, incredible vacation. And then be sure to follow us at Rope Drop Radio on all the things and leave a review. And if you want to see that one-star review we were talking about, please go look at that, have a chuckle, and then leave a five-star review to offset it. But that is all the time that we have. Also, if you want to support the show, uh, go into our show notes and follow along with our Patreon community. And thank you to all of our Patreons who support the show. But that is all the time that we have. So for Jill, Doug, I'm Derek. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.